0: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Blue Go podcast, host Andrew. Uh, today I'm in conversation with...
1: Hey, this is Anandita Anand. I am a personal growth coach, a therapist and a trainer with various organizations. I am the founder of this venture called Mind Simplified. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Oh, well, it's super nice to have you here as well, Anandita. So, uh, <laughs> talking about... Okay, I would say talking about Mind Simplified in itself, to begin with that, I don't think we even discussed it before this. Uh, How about we pick up on that first? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was your journey with Mind Simplified and what made you start that page? I see it it being a very successful page with a lot of interactions and a lot of (laughs) active members that constantly seek you out. So what was your journey with Mind Simplified and how did you start and what got you there?
1: So I was a consultant, child and adolescent psychologist in a very reputed hospital in New Delhi. And uh-huh. four years I worked with children and families with various disorders. So it was a very clinical setting, but my niche and forte was to work with children and right. adolescents, their families. And then when I thought that, you know, now now I'm done learning this, I've done that. And now there's something more I need. I need to spread my wings. I need to get out. I need to explore something more. So I quit my job in 2019 November mm-hmm. and I was unemployed, so I did not know what to do. I just quit because I wanted to explore what all can I do. Let me see if I can work independently. Let me see if I get clients. Who am I? If I do not have a label of a hospital, do I have my own identity? Can I make my own identity? So a mm-hmm. lot of it became around, you know, discovering and building my own foundation as an individual, as an Indita right.
2: Anand.
1: Then I thought, okay, let me, so I'm a trainer. I design workshops and I design modules and training modules for organizations, for schools, for mm-hmm. college students, for, in, like for various purposes, for training their employees. I work with Delhi police since past three years. So I have mm-hmm. a knack and I have a experience of building training modules. So I said, okay, yeah. I build training modules. And from where will people come to know about that I'm doing a training module? So I just used, I just opened this Instagram page and I named it and i sat i meditated for 30 minutes and i was like wow i'll call it mind
2: simplified
1: it's because uh-huh. mind basically is your you know mind
2: right. the
1: part you cannot touch but is most prominent in your life so right. mind and why simplified because that's my agenda for my participants for my audience for my clients is as a therapist also as a trainer also that i want to make psychology and mental health very very simple easy and practically applicable for them. There are so many YouTube videos, there are so many books that I personally have read, seen, it just kept making mental health more and more complicated. Right. And I wanted somebody to make it so simple for me. And mm-hmm. when I trained myself, I, re- I read, I built these uh, modules, I built training sessions, I built so many, um, you know, training modules. Mm -hmm. Only agenda I kept was that I have to make this very, very easy and practically applicable for my clients and very, very simple. So from there, the word mind simplified came that I want to make understanding mind and Uh with your own mind, very simple. And then it started, uh, you know, happening in uh, May 2020. I designed the logo myself. So I designed it and I posted it. And after that, I think it's been beautiful because... I started getting contacted by so many organizations. So actually the pandemic happened and yeah. uh, unfortunately pandemic happened, but fortunately I got lucky because mental health boomed. And then there were so many people who wanted to do a live or a podcast, or, you know, they wanted to do a session. They wanted more sessions. They wanted their employees to get trained. So from there, I think I started, just people just started noticing that, okay, there is this page, which does all these things. And I started posting so many things. And I mm-hmm. think from there, and it's been exactly a year now. We are in uh, May 2021 is just over. And Mind Simplified has turned one with uh, organic following of uh, 2,210 people right now, which is a lot for me because, you know, it's, it's a beautiful growth for a very, very, you know, a page which just posts posters right now. So now I think uh, this is this has been my journey and I love it. I keep thinking, what would I want to make it? I'm planning to get it registered and, you know, get a full-fledged, uh, you know, thing for that. So, yeah, that's been like my journey with Mind Simplified. Mm-hmm. I have a yeah. lot of fun. It's got me a lot of business. It's got me a lot of work. It's got me a lot of, um, I think it's got me into the public eye. So, I think uh-huh. I'm very grateful that I started it.
0: Right. But then, okay, picking up on what you said right there, you know, simplifying... Uh, content they may have been co- may have been complicated by others what has your opinion been on that you know the people who may be you know in the same field as you and may hold the same perspective or may look at it differently also you know they may yeah. say that no it is supposed to be like this and these things cannot be you know put into one cup and say that this is how simple it can become yeah, what yeah. has your opinion been on that Like, what have you thought See,
1: of it's, it's very simple if you open a youtube video today and mm-hmm. you type, you want to make a marble cake.
0: Right.
1: What kind of a video would you like to go for? I, if I ask you, Andrew, what kind of a video you'd like to go for, which has 2 million ingredients, a lot of work, a lot of, you know, it's, it's a one hour video. <laughs> would you like to watch that or like, you know, make a marble cake in 20 minutes? Mm-hmm.
0: Just to throw right. that in there, just a little promotion for Blue Bow Bakery. You can make a marble cake with a Blue Bow Bakery bake mix.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a reason you
1: also started, like I know that you started break your own, uh, you know, because you also want to make baking simple for people, right?
2: Right, right.
1: So exactly what happened with Mind Simplified and I completely agree that every person, every professional has a right to their own perspective. Growing up, I just mm-hmm. understand there are certain words like meditation. Mm-hmm. They can be do you realize there are two hundred connotations of meditation people hold some people think it's just scientific some people think it's a hoax some people think it's it's a quack technique some people really <laughs>
2: dig it some people
1: right some people uh-huh. think that uh, this is very scientific so i want to teach people meditation because i'm trained like in hypnosis also explaining right. them the scientific basis very simply spiritual basis very simply so that they would want to do it Simple things are the most extraordinary things in life. When, Mm -hmm. if I start using too much scientific terms with my clients, it just, Mm -hmm. I have studied it. They've not studied it. It goes over their head. They feel they're into another world. So my agenda is only that can I make, even when I was a student, when I was studying, I was like, oh my God, why have they said this again and again so complicatedly in the book? Why can't they just say that if you do this, this happens? (laughs) What is the point of
2: using
1: so many complex words and making it so difficult? One was that, second was, I quit my job because I wanted to come out of this headset that I have to diagnose people. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is, there are protocols and there are criterias in which you start clubbing people if you're working in a clinical setting. Okay, oh, you've been sad for 14 days, your weight is dropping, your uh, appetite is gone. Oh, you have clinical depression. And that person lives with that label throughout their life.
0: Because that, my I went that, that I went through that phase. What? That I went through that phase of uh, clinical phase
1: depression. Or right? I am like I have clinical depression. I am depression. They actually start you know really making it personal to their identity, and it's not fair because why should I diagnose people if a person doesn't need medication? Why should mm-hmm. I generalize anxiety disorder? Why should I attach the word disorder? With somebody's very natural emotions, you tell me, isn't sadness, fear, anger, grief, a natural emotion? Right. If somebody's experiencing it, instead of helping them, teaching them techniques how to deal with it, why should I label them K congratulations you have, like, or not congratulations, I mean, you know, here you go, you have clinical depression. And now the person lives with the trauma, they have clinical depression.
0: So it adds, it adds to the toll. It adds oh, to
1: actually, the... imagine you go to a, you know, you go to a doctor and they give you this name of some really scary disease that you have. And especially, see, understand mental health has so much of taboo. People don't go only because they don't want to be labeled. And then we label them. So that's why, again, I quit my job because I didn't want to label people.
2: Right. So that
1: is why I want to make it simple. That come, okay, you've been sad for three months. You You, you have crying spells. Let's work on it. Why should I tell you, okay, please do this psychometric test. Let me charge 8,000 rupees from you for the test. Now let me label you as clinical depression. And now let me work with you. That just sounded very unfair to me because I don't feel it's necessary. I've grown as a professional. That is why I don't identify as a psychologist anymore. I identify as a personal growth coach.
0: Mm-hmm. So does it change a lot between the two? Like what are the main difference? Basically, a
1: psychologist works in a clinical setting. Okay. And works with clients who have diagnosis Mm -hmm. or who may have diagnosis and they have a very diagnostic or like a treatment patient therapist kind of a, you know, relationship. With a personal growth coach, I don't, you don't need to have any problem, like any problem. Even if you're feeling confused, that's a good enough reason to meet a personal growth coach that I'm feeling confused. So I want to work with anybody and everybody who would want to seek some guidance in how can I work with my mind?
0: And then talking about like you just said, you know, somebody may say that, uh, like you said, sadness is a normal emotion that people may experience. But yeah. then what is your experience when like, uh, looking at people who become insensitive to the words or, you know, uh, let's say the tags such as uh, depression or somebody being clinically depressed or any of these things? Do you think there's also a big insensitivity around them? Like that is something I yes. did cover on a previous episode. I think Absolutely. with another psychology student. So, yeah. what, do you, what is your take on that? You know that insensitivity where somebody's feeling, <laughs> you know, they're sad in the morning. They're like, "Oh, aaj, mad," you know, today I am depressed. But then, oh yes, be- yes,
2: we, this is so, what I'm saying.
1: We've started using these words so casually. See, I tell you, I really feel there is a lack of knowledge and education about mental health. Uh people really need to be educated first of all about mind, what is mind right, Mm -hmm. what all can it do, right, what all how all can it manifest what are the manifestations, what kind of thoughts can you have, what kind of emotions can you have in school we never get this class then we grow up, we go on Instagram Facebook, YouTube, we learn these words and they Mm -hmm. become our lingo, for example, one of my favorite labels that people use and my clients use and youth uses a lot is I am an overthinker." (laughs) <laughs> and then they live with it because see the problem is then they start living with you know these labels of course there's not insensitivity I think I think they're very very sure what they're talking about but there is lack of education they don't know when to use this term and when not to for example if your stomach is aching
2: uh-huh.
1: right, you would not say oh I have an ulcer
2: <laughs> because people right.
1: are now educated about how what is the difference between acidity and ulcer Right. we need to educate people about what is the difference between feeling normally like sad feeling mm. grief feeling apathy and feeling depressed so actually there is a spectrum you know? we don't have an education only about it how will people know terminology we have not taught them only how will they know so they use whatever terms they can
0: then according to you how is somebody like so you uh, see if somebody is not being taught about this throughout their school years yeah. then if they suddenly jump into the social uh, so uh, i think uh, social aspect of it as yeah. uh, or psychological aspect of it in, co- in college so well, you know if they pursue that in their college years then how are they able to get that clarity you think they get more of that clarity within those 3 years of college or 4 years of college than they got throughout the whole time at school or what is it like
1: i really believe who is your teacher and mentor i i really believe in that i have gotten amazing mentors and amazing mm-hmm. teachers who taught me how not to use these casual words, right? How not to use these words casually, how not to label people, how to see the world outside, you know, the perspective of a disorder, that everything is not a disorder. Everything is not a symptom. So I just got really, really nice teachers and mentors who also had the same headset that I have now. And that's why I think I got a lot of perspective. So it is a lot about It's not about what university you go to or where you're studying. It's about who is your teacher and are they able to, because all books have written the same thing. It's bloody Mm -hmm. all the same thing. Nobody's written in bracket that please don't take it as clinical depression. This is normal sadness. I I have not come across one psychology book. (laughs) All of it is like complete theory. Mm -hmm. And I think it is who you, who your teacher is. And that's why I feel that teachers and mentors, Really need to start teaching their students and mentees that, you know, how to come out of this headset, how to not label themselves also, how to not start diagnosing everybody around them and themselves once you are like studying psychology.
0: (laughs) So isn't that like the foremost factor, like when they start, like at least from the people that I know that are studying psychology or are in their college days. They say that yeah. the one thing that we do not do while we are studying is try to provide therapy because we are not professionals. We have not finished our degrees. Right. So the right. People start doing it before they we will finish. Like, have you ever seen that? Have you experienced oh, that? You, know, uh, you are
1: just touching a very sensitive nerve right now. It is my <laughs> it's it's the source of my agony. So what uh-huh. happened is since last year, uh, again, there was a boom in mental health, you saw everybody saw, because health anxiety is a real issue. It is actually something. It's a mental health condition. A lot of people started facing with COVID going up. Right. Right. After that, uh, since we're in India and if listeners are from India, people would know that the Sushant Singh Rajput case happened. Right. Right. So what started happening was, um, you know, a lot of people started having a lot of thoughts and emotions and there was overwhelm and everything. So what started happening? There was a boom in mental health and most of the mental health professionals came to digital platforms. All of us digitalized,
2: right.
1: which was great because it we gained accessibility. Now, when this happened, a lot of newbies, a lot of people who just graduated, a lot of people under the title of, now this is scary, which is um, mental health advocate. So now there is a difference between a mental health advocate and a mental That's health a professional. professional. A mental health advocate is somebody who just is, you know, who is pro mental no, health, but you don't do. have to be a professional. So all these <laughs> health advocates started, few of the mental health advocates, and I called them out also, they started taking mindfulness sessions for free. Now in an economy, when your economy is going down and one therapist who's trained for 10 years is taking 800 bucks. But uh-huh. somebody, some poster you see is doing something for free. Where will you go? You don't give a damn about if what is the qualification of this person. That's how lack of money in an economy impacts the
0: people. Mm-hmm. So
1: people go to where there is free, and then more harm is done than good because these new people are not trained.
0: Exactly. So they, they don't give that disclaimer. That, okay, you are coming here for free, but you are also my you know test subject. You're my guinea pig.
1: Yeah, or like you're like my source of just getting more followers. A lot of things can happen. No, so I think definitely that was one of the problems that I, and it, it it still is. I still see a lot of people giving, uh, you know, therapy for 299 rupees, all these online platforms and everything. I would say it is fine. Go do it. Check the authenticity. Check the certification of uh-huh. your person, of your trainer, of your counselor. Just do uh-huh. that. And then this decide
0: have they come? Have they? Have you also seen a whole new stream of commercialization of mental health that has become like extreme commercialization? Uh, commercialization, uh-huh. like, but see, like, you know what? Commercialization
1: is not. If I'll tell you very honestly, commercialization has not been done in terms of money.
2: Mm.
1: People are not capitalizing this in terms of money. They are capitalizing it in terms of. Followers on Instagram, Twitter and uh, various other social media platforms. So what people have done is they've started coming out with a lot of schemes. See, to become a mental health professional, I have to put equal amount of money that an MBA has to.
2: Right.
1: Right. I am putting it to to my education. I am studying day and night. I am getting myself trained, making myself go through therapy so that I can be a therapist. Yet people expect me to charge much less because it is a noble profession. I don't understand this. (laughs) It is a profession. (laughs)
2: Right.
1: And then few people come who start charging 299 rupees. Now, if you will see very, very solid market strategy, if somebody charging 299 and I'm charging 1200 per hour, it will go to 299 because first mental health is not a priority. You would Mm -hmm. never go to a sasta doctor or a, you know, relatively a doctor who's charging less if you have a stomach ulcer,
0: you'd want to go. test. you'd want to go to the head of the department you wouldn't yes. want to go to the junior doctor
1: exactly but when it comes to mental health you is okay but like we just talk, nah, what would they do that's the thing lack of education people don't understand right mm-hmm. that really does like work of a mental health professional entail so mind is not a priority people go to these people with 299 what happens is cause increase on Instagram. Or they talk about it more or they would just like, you know, do that. But internally, what is happening? Nobody knows what kind of therapy are they providing? Who are these people? Are they trained? Not trained? What is their qualification? So that is,
0: has it it become more of like a just to, okay, earn a little more, but then also, you know, gain your uh, social popularity. absolutely. Don't you tell me, don't
1: you think social popularity, popularity is like an asset for business?
0: It It is becoming a very, you know, uh, toxic asset, you know, that and yesterday, I, in fact, I think I just came across this feature that I, is also going live across Instagram. I think a lot of people in India are going to start seeing it soon, that they have started hiding the amount of likes that a post gets, you know, you can now change that on your setting and that I really? think yes, it's been activated for my profile as well. Hello? I, I activ- you can activate it, in fact. So you select the setting. Uh, I think in your act, uh, advanced But why setting. would
1: you do that? Because it isn't that like on what the entire
0: game runs. So that is the thing. Uh, even these guys who run Instagram and all these websites see that the whole pressure behind, you know, having a certain amount of followers or a certain amount of likes on your posts can be so yeah. challenging at times that even they've taken up that action that we're going to remove it in total.
1: But you know, this is what the game of Instagram also is like every... every- Followers without any reason. And I'm like, who the hell are these people who are unfollowing mind simplified? <laughs> then I realize it is not anybody, it is Instagram removing my followers because it Instagram wants me to get anxious about oh my god, I have less followers, so let me put more time, energy, and head into Instagram. It's a really, really like dark game,
2: <laughs> but
0: yeah, no,
1: again you need to uh, be really
0: aware. If, if you may have picked up on uh, I think you did listen to the episode between me and Sarthak where we went into more of conspiracy theories of Instagram. Right. <laughs> so uh, talking in that we also, we also picked up on how you know reels and everything are meant to keep you more engaged like you are done with scrolling through Instagram you start scrolling through reels and after 15 minutes you don't even realize that you know oh, so much time has passed and I was just scrolling through these like 30 second videos so it has become more of a game of engagement you know how many ads you can view or how many things you can come across
1: Absolutely. And internet addiction is a legit thing. Screen fatigue is a legit thing. It is causing so many difficulties at our mental health level right now because things to your screen gives them business, but gives you a mental health condition or, you know, your thoughts will be so overwhelmed because your brain waves go really high if you're constantly on a screen. It makes, you know, your brain release chemicals that will make you stick to the screen and then you can't... Like, I would like to ask all the like listeners right now, If Tech, are you not able to sleep at night? It's because you're not able to sleep because your mind is too active. Because the screen keeps it too active throughout the day. So now it can't sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. So what has your way been around it as a professional? Have you been able to, you know, find a way... Where you yeah, yeah. Restricted yourself. What is that? Share your experience.
1: My experience has been really good. I completely, so um, I I completely logged off my personal Instagram good. because it just started feeling very useless. I could uh-huh. see myself uh, mindlessly scrolling too, and then I realized uh, most of our times, why are we scrolling so much? One mm-hmm. is either we have really we don't have a higher goal. There is nothing keeping us so engaged that I would not want to touch my phone, mm-hmm. right? And definitely right now, and the entire youth would agree with me. There is nothing to do. There's nothing much engaging. There's nothing much challenging. So most are on our phones,
2: right?
1: So now that you've understood it, start keeping your phone aside and start indulging into one activity that you had been, you know, really wanting to. Like I've started reading. So I've got mm-hmm. these really engaging books, and I read. And I think this very one small thing that I do one hour before I'm sleeping. One hour mm-hmm. before that. I just don't touch the screen. Any screen. And I sleep really nicely. I read a book or do anything. Throughout the day you do whatever you want to do as much as you want to. Just one hour before you sleep don't
2: do it. Mm-hmm. And that is there it.
1: are apps you know that block that like uh, block your Instagram for example like you download this app I can't remember the name I, I will I was thinking of downloading it you download it and you've put the timer in it after that okay. amount of time if you've used Instagram or any app for that amount of time say Snapchat or Facebook it blocks it you can't unblock it for next 24 hours
0: <laughs> I see well, that's, that's pretty
1: gets blocked. you'll keep on clicking on the icon it will not open
0: that's very interesting i've got to find that application myself even though personally if i if i talk person or from my personal experience when i look at my average instagram time that is something i've been crazily looking at from time to time so when i started it was at around you know weekly average was around one hour a day but now i've reduced it to like 25 minutes a day so my main attraction on instagram is like 10 minutes of scrolling or watching yeah, a few memes or something, and that's it. That's my twenty minutes of interaction for the day. Yeah. That, you know, reducing that time also may become difficult for some people. At least what I'm assuming, right? Or yeah. is it more of your personal challenge than it does it become?
1: Um, in what way?
0: Like you know, being able to uh, lose that sense of uh, achievement. Now, what I mean by that, I'll also elaborate on that. Is uh, this is something that I learned is that what these websites do, like the number of likes you get, you know, okay, obviously they're trying to curb that down now, but yeah. you know, that notification, this has been like, this person mentioned you in a comment, those little bursts of euphoria, you know, of uh, feeling yeah. wanted or achievement, you know, if you're not, you're getting that at the tip of your hand, you know, within your palm, you're getting it from Instagram. Yeah. Then what, how is somebody to achieve that outside of that? You know, there's a big sense of achievement that this brings, and to add to that, what I also learned, what I also learned in a previous episode was that the pandemic brought around a lot of, uh, you know, a sense of unachievement in this manner. That uh, hmm. like you also may recommend to people, you know, when times are more normal. That go step out from the house, you know, go for a walk, run, you know, talk to people outside, go to this place, maybe roam around. And mm. those little things of you know, getting out of the house, wearing your shoes, wearing a wearing jeans, those were little achievements people would do throughout the day and then feel good about themselves at the end of the day. But now it now it has become staying constantly inside the house or within a certain space. So how mm. is a person supposed to get out of that? Like, you know, get out of that circle when they're forced to stay there. Like they really can't
2: do anything.
1: So Andrew, I think it's a very nice question. And mm-hmm. what I really believe is, you're not going to like the answer, but the answer is mm-hmm. that it is a matter of choice and a decision. Great. Now, if I don't, there are there's nothing in your control. And this is what I tell everybody. There's nothing in your control apart for four things in your life. One mm-hmm. is what you eat. Nobody can put it in your mouth. You eat it by choice, no matter how much you feel that, oh no, I was forced or anything. You ate it. You put it in your own mouth. So it's your choice, mm-hmm. your physical choice. What you do with your physical body is your choice. Mm-hmm. You voluntarily right. do those things, right? Out of whatever motive, but you do it.
2: Exactly. Right? So, mm-hmm. one
1: is that. Second is where you spend your energy. Right. Okay. So, if I want to watch news for ten hours, is my choice. If I want to watch Instagram, my choice. If I want to talk to a friend, my choice. If I want to sit and journal, my choice. Do some mandala coloring, my choice. All of these things are your choice. You <laughs> choose all of these things, right?
0: But that again, not going back, uh, going back to what you said in the beginning, won't somebody choose the easiest option when it comes to this as well?
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly where the lack of um, education comes in or the lack of, not education, like, you know, the (laughs) academic (laughs) education, lack (laughs) of education about mind and mental health, about your own behavior. We Mm -hmm. all, I think the current Gen Z and the millennial generation, Uh all of us have lived a life of luxury. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Not having luxury pains us. But Mm -hmm. we don't understand that actually growth of our neurology lies outside luxury. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You will not challenge your mind. How is your neural pathway going to develop? How are your neurons going to expand? Mm
2: -hmm. How
1: is your brain going to expand? You've been making tea the same way since past 10 years. What did you add to your brain? You've been doing Instagram throughout 10 days. What did you add to your brain? So the question we need to ask is, even if today I get up and make a custard, which I've never done, I added to my brain mm-hmm. it needs constant stimulation and constant change to grow. Otherwise, how will it develop new neural connections?
2: Right.
1: Right. And then when you actually build new neural connections, so many problem solving skills develop, you know, so mm-hmm. this is exactly why I do those workshops and do all of these things is so that I can make people understand that, listen, you need to step out of your comfort zone. Because the comfort zone is growth lies outside your comfort zone is somewhere I read and it is very true because your comfort zone becomes like a, it it becomes like a cage. Eventually you'd want to escape because you would ultimately feel I'm not feeling stimulated. What am I doing with my life? A lot of people come with these questions. Why do these questions come? It's because you've not challenged your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if I ask you, I know bluebo like as a person personally as a venture, I know so many things. You keep doing so many things. You challenge yourself. You did bake your own, uh, you know, cake. You challenge right. yourself. You do so many things. It's so that you challenge your brain.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And but then getting off that circle, like also now, I think we could also segue from this onto talking about. uh you know, uh, people's, like, okay, we've spoken a lot about mental health and mental growth and we may also come back to this topic later on. But then, segueing from this, I would also talk about financial growth and financial health and the learning people have had around that. What has been your experience there and looking at the people around you? What has that been like?
1: It depends, I think, about finances. I think I've learned two, three things that I'd like to share. One Uh is definitely what What field of work you're from? What field, what professional field are you from? Right now, all the fields which can, you know, which are about alternative therapy or alternative medication other than, you know, the standard allopathic medication are booming. Mental health, booming. Ayurveda, booming. Yoga, booming. Right? Acupuncture, booming. Physiotherapy, booming. Because all of these are going to take away people from actually eating the medicine. Nobody wants to eat medicine. People are scared. (laughs) Right. Right. So all of these fields are booming right now. So technically, again, unfortunately, the pandemic is there. But I have personally been able to, you know, been financially stable, I'd say right (laughs) now, not booming, but financially stable and like sustaining myself because I have a lot of clients because pandemic has caused so much anxiety. People are coming to me. Right. But do I feel satisfied? No, because people do not see. Everybody's connected to everybody. If a person has lost his job. How is he supposed to pay to a doctor or a mental health professional? So they come to me and they're like, please, I want a discount. So it does impact my finances as well.
0: Right. Because you're you're going to put the same dedication and commitment you would put.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Who's paying the actual amount, right?
1: Absolutely. So then, you know, then one of the things that. So during the last year, I understood that every person, every person, and I can say this with a lot of confidence, every person needs to know this is what the pandemic has taught us. It needs to know more than one or two ways of how to earn money. Because if... And that one way gets blocked. Then you get into severe tension and, you know, problems. Yeah. But if you will have more than one ways and you know I can earn money more than one way, you would never be at, you know, a difficult position in your life. You'd be like, okay, cool, this one is blocked, I can use the other two. They keep doing one thing because they think, oh, this is successful. Why do I need to learn other ways? Now the pandemic has taught us that, no, dude, you need to learn more than two, three ways. Mm -hmm. So I finally like started learning stock building. So like I uh, understood and I started having, you know, so many different, uh, you know, I started thinking what all can I do to earn, you know, alternative sources of my income? What can I do? Where can I expand? So... I started, uh, you know, learning stock trading and then I started, uh, I think uh, now I'm thinking how about I learn some Vastu because that's a really amazing science that can be learned. And so everybody needs to definitely have more than two or three ways they can earn money. One, it will really expand your neurology again, have great problem solving skills, expand your brain, stimulate your brain and be financially secure.
0: Right. But then I would have two questions of taboo here. That I would like to understand how you overcame. First would be about uh, I know you did slightly pick up on it in the beginning, about you know, mental health in itself. Like, how yeah. do you come how do you deal with the people who may tell you that, oh, Achatum uh is Dr. Like basically, you know, they'll cater to a psychologist or a doctor of you know somebody who's treating mental health as a doctor. Or, you know, mm-hmm. mad person's doctor. That's, I think that's the most basic gist of it. Oh, you are the doctor's doctor, you know? So yeah. How, how have you dealt with those people? And then again, how have you dealt with the people around you who then have this whole taboo around the stock market or it being, you know, whole sham and, you know, it not being a stable source. So what has been your two main points of dealing with such criticism or people around you who believe in that taboo or, you know, hold you to it?
1: So I think first taboo which is about mental health is that I have when clients come to me now they come but they are very like hesitant and they are very scared that you know may, I I not, but I hope you are not you know going to say something or all of that so like, I hear a lot of things and everything and I am like okay I understand and uh, I tell them that what is therapy? What exactly is therapy? People again don't know right? So I tell them that uh, listen therapy is nothing. It's exactly like learning to drive a car. If you don't know how to drive a car, you go, you learn, and then you drive your car throughout your life yourself, you get a license and you drive. Right now, if Mm -hmm. mind is a machinery, you don't know how to work with. You've come to learn. I'm a, I'm just an emotional tutor. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm not some person who's sitting here to, you know, diagnose you or like, you know, just label you. I'm here to teach you. I'm here. It's exactly like taking a math tuition. It's like learning bakery it's like learning how to make food it's like learning how to manage your own thoughts and emotions it's no different so i try to destigmatize it for my clients in as simple and as quirky funny ways so that it is for them
2: right
1: and then i tell them it's very normal i've gone to a psychologist myself when i was a kid i used to have a lot of exam anxiety so i then it normalizes because i think relatability is something that you can you know really connect on So then they feel normal. So this is like a little bit that I do. Then I do a lot of workshops in uh, universities, schools, colleges and tell them about this so that, you know, again, we can start destigmatizing mental health a lot.
0: And talking about that, okay, we can pick up on the taboo subject of the markets after this, I guess. But talking about, you know, being able to uh, be there for your clients or, you know, uh, be that person who's supporting them at least throughout their journey. How have you been able to keep that uh, distance or, you know, that line of professionalism between being a professional with them and, you know, uh, them having or thinking more, you know, or them or getting attached to a person, so to say? Oh, that's
1: a beautiful question. A lot of people ask me that. So the thing Mm -hmm. is, I realized that I am Anindita Anand.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: I'm not a psychologist. Being a psychologist is not who I am as a whole. I am professionally a psychologist. But first, I am Anandita. Right. Right. So having that bifurcation, the moment I step outside my cabin, I become Anandita again. I come home, I become a I become a daughter, I become a sister. I don't bring my work home. And very, very nicely, I lay, right in the first session, I lay this boundary and this communication with my clients that, listen, I'm a family person and beyond this point, see work these, these hours and beyond this point, I will not be able to cater or answer to your queries if you call or text me. So please, uh, you know, text me. I'll reply to you within 48 hours, 24 hours, be patient. So people understand if you communicate right in the beginning, otherwise, if you just go MIA, you know, on your clients without any pre-information, they'll be like, oh my God, where's she gone? She told me she'll be there. So now when I pre-inform them, they don't have unrealistic expectations of me. That's how I create a boundary, and they also understand because I pre-informed them. This is one thing. Second, I have a I I don't I don't bring my work home. I don't talk about my work at home. I don't bring those emotions home. These are the few skills I've learned over years. You can't learn it in one day.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that, and I personally meditate every day i personally do a lot of work on my own thoughts and emotions at least one hour in a day mm-hmm. so that i am you know i'm also working on myself so
2: You're at happy. least
1: i i'm an equal quality professional that i or a person for that matter right. so that i can provide good work and i think maintaining that distance has come with again experience and years and second is definitely i don't identify it's not my identity it's just my profession True. Like a teacher is just a teacher in school. She doesn't become a teacher at home.
2: <laughs> right.
1: That's exactly what I've And Even when friends come to me and they think that, you know, they want an advice and ask them, are you asking from your friend or are you asking to a psychologist? Then they'd be like, no, but because they're a psychologist, then I tell them you need to refer to somebody else because I'm your friend. So very politely, I started laying those boundaries where, you know, I can explain to my relatives, family, people that I'm not a psychologist for you. You need to refer to somebody else.
0: Right. you because can't just burn my boundaries you, you need that boundary like it keeps it keeps you in track right like if yeah, you break yeah. one person then it it forms a chain you know absolutely which not be the best thing absolutely has that been challenging you know forming those boundaries you know has has that been a challenge or was that like a natural process
1: uh what was the challenge
0: like you know forming those boundaries With clients or the people.
1: People, See, the thing is, how do you say it? Okay, so this is what I tell everybody, and I love saying this. There is a difference between a boundary and a barrier.
2: Right.
1: A barrier is something you cannot cross. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: A boundary is something which defines a certain area, which gives definition to a certain area. Like your water bottle has a boundary, like your room has a boundary. It doesn't mean the room is closed, it means it has set structure. So it's just so I explain it to them that I'm not gone. I am there. I will reply within 48 hours. You don't need to worry. And I trust you to take care of yourself like you have in all these years when I was not around. Right. And I teach you techniques, you do them, you'll feel better. So it has it's actually not been a challenge. And if some client actually, you know, is really in a severe state or something, then I do cater. So I temporarily would dismiss a boundary for well-being of the other. But my whole and sole task is. To make my clients independent or like make people around me also independent. Not just my clients, people, my family, friends, independent of their, you know, um, emotional and mental well-being. So I think it's it's been very rare that somebody would not agree. And if they don't, then I'm like, okay, cool. You need to then refer to somebody else because I might not be the
0: right fit for you. Right. And, and in learning that, did you ever realize that, oh, you know, uh, that, you know, being a friend to this person, I may have also become... I may have started
1: using. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Technology. In the beginning, when you are an enthu cutlet psychologist, when you are training and you want to do everything, a lot of people, like a lot of, if I would go on dates, also people would. It's happened so many times. People just come to meet me because they think I will understand their agony. And on dates, I've like I sat down had coffee, and people have told me their sad stories because you're the psychologist, you will understand. And I'm just like, oh my god, it and this is. <laughs> Happened so, so what, many what,
0: times. What, what about what about them saying you know uh, you can read my mind <laughs> all the time all
1: the time people have come scared that i will judge them people have come so scared that I already know what is there in their mind now and when they say that then I definitely want to know what is so what are they so scared about
0: so have you not have you not tried like, playing around with that like especially if you're on a date with somebody and you just want to fuck with it <laughs> like <laughs> you can read your mind i know what you're thinking and you're like Chichi, no, chichi. no, 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 no. that's not happened. I
1: don't see, this is what I'm saying. I, I respect the, I am doing so much uh, mehnat to break the stigma around that we can read minds. I can't actually mess around because <laughs> actually, one though like, can like one person and the stigma
0: stays. Uh, you scare, you scar them for life that no, they can actually read minds.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can, like the fun thing is well, there are just four themes a person might be thinking about. If I say one thing also and they're thinking about it, it's like boom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then,
1: then yeah, so, initially I used to really feel that okay now I'm becoming like a therapist to this person which I'm not liking it's a lot of burden on me so yeah. I think I realized that oh I'm not drunk, like making my boundaries uh, personally and it's really causing me a lot of difficulty so with my yeah. friends I started laying or I actually had to let go of a few of those people because later I realized they're just my friends because
0: I'm a psychologist uh, and that, that, that must be, that must be something you even go through that. get okay, so this friendship is only based on my understanding of something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was really hurtful before, but now I, I, now when I make new friends or like I go on a date, tell them, listen, I am a psychologist just in my cabin. If you're here for that, bye-bye. Then they start <laughs> laughing. They're like, no, no, no. That's not true. <laughs>
0: So, so, getting through that must have been a journey in itself, right? Oh, absolutely. But fun one. <laughs> I can imagine. But then, uh, okay, then talking about from this, you know, the taboo of, uh, let's say, the stock market that you've been learning about or, you know, yeah. that other source of revenue that you're trying to generate for yourself. Yeah. How have you tackled that stigma, you know, around people? So, what has been your... I don't
1: of- discuss, very honestly. So, my family has a lot of taboo. They think okay. it's gambling. Because again, lack of education about the field and yeah. they don't. Even, and second, see, there is always some truth to fear that people have. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yes, there yeah. are people, there are people in the stock market who have lost crores of money because they did not know how to do it. Doesn't yes, mean uh, it's wrong. That it Just because one doctor would leave scissors in your stomach doesn't mean <laughs> the entire fraternity or the profession is wrong.
0: Uh-huh. So I saw this very recently. It's a very interesting thing. Of uh, there's this, There was this really amazing uh, trader in America, actually. And this is something that's just happened now, maybe okay. a month ago. So Achilles Capital, Achilles is something it's known as, it was a family fund. So family funds are basically known as that if it's a very rich family, it's known as a family office, okay. you know. So it is not a hedge fund. It is not like a mutual fund. It's similar. They have nearly the same amount of money in millions or in billions. It's, you know, something like a Bill Gates or a Mark Zuckerberg well, would have this, something okay. known as a family uh, office in the markets in America. So they are not regulated. Hmm. You know, they are not regulated like a hedge fund. So uh, you may understand what I'm saying and some people also may understand. So regulation is basically them saying this is what you're buying. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. What you're so, Archelio's capital uh, was of this, uh, I think, uh, one second, he was a South, uh, yeah, he was a South Korean, uh, South Korean, uh, American South Korean guy, staying in America. He lost 20 billion within yeah. the span of two months. Like, can you imagine that number, 20 billion? That's what this guy lost in a span of a few months with his trades. Wow. And that that is something. And that was after him making billions. He turned 200 million into around 10 billion. But then because of his over leveraged positions and his confidence in certain stocks and yeah. then being able to manipulate like, buying people, like,
1: people have seen that.
0: <laughs> so that was a whole different term than this, but it is similar again. Yeah, so
1: yeah this, but it is true. People lose money because of their greed <laughs> and
0: fear. Yeah. Greed, you could call it greed. You could call it uh, fear, or you could call it, you know, the nature of uh, wanting Impulse. to gamble.
1: A lot of things.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that obviously does brings
1: it us the- It's a bad
0: profession, right?
1: I think it's a brilliant one. It is one of the professions you do not need a degree for. It is one of the sources of income. You do not actually need anything more than your laptop, a stable Wi-Fi connection, some amount of uh, capital to invest, and knowledge of how to just read. It's a technology in its own self. Right. But then
0: have you... like See, I have come across a lot of people. I'm not going to call out anybody. (laughs) But I have come across a lot of people who have also gone down this rabbit hole of you know either being manipulated or thinking that yes if I spend a minimal amount of time learning this I am going to you know make so much money and especially kids you know in their early 20s or you know who are even younger than 20. Uh Have you seen any of that? because
1: i can share that also yeah i i think uh, no because the teacher my like my teacher and people i learned from like somebody like you i talk to it is very very um, i think people around me have been really nice and really truthful to me about this they have told me it requires regular persistent disciplined study and practice it is not a one day job it's been 10 months now that i've been doing it and have made so to small, 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 small progress in profit. And I'm very happy. But because this is going to turn into big one later. But your initial foundation of understanding of you know these price, the chart, the market, it takes time. It's not it's not difficult, but it mm-hmm. takes time. And you know, we've come into a generation which wants
0: everything quicker and faster. Right. So I don't one think oh. you can have quicker and faster. Right. Right. One, one thing one thing that i would say like okay i don't agree with all of his ideologies uh, this is something i believe Rakesh shinjanwala once said this dude who's made thousands of crores yeah, in yeah. market. he said that you can never make money off of somebody else's knowledge and that is something that has always stuck with me if somebody else has the knowledge and you try to think that okay if they tell me what i am to do you know like the people say Ki, achha, humare, uh, you know put our money in the market do this yeah. for us oh for us. yes if oh you yes. just throw your money and think you okay i'll make money off this person's knowledge and this person's experience you're bound to fail and then you're bound to have that oh, yes. oh yes this is all a scam and that person couldn't do it for me so that means i couldn't do it and then yes. around that i've seen a lot of scams like literal scams built around <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> so
2: i, I, I At- saw
0: this i saw this very interesting company uh you know now i don't know i don't even hear about it but a lot of people you know in their early 20s were putting it on their stories all the time it was supposedly international so it was it was it was a little ponzi scheme or you could say you know pyramid scheme not ponzi pyramid mm. uh, basically what was happening uh, if it they call themselves a community of traders so a community of traders in this sense that uh, if you want to join you join under somebody else's reference. Hmm. You know, some of them, one of the big guys. You have to pay a monthly fee of $125 to join, okay? In the hmm. big name. If you want to sit down and trade as a trader, you can pay $125 and then trade with them as a community and make some money. That was right. a marketing Or you can build a team of traders. And what do they say? How do you build a team of traders? You bring in five people and then they will give you different tiers. So if you brought in five people that are coming with your reference who pay $125 each month, Hmm. then you get $500 a month for that. And Hmm. they will have to bring another five people each to start making $500. And Hmm. the more you add people from $500, then you said you become $1,000 when you bring 10 people. Hmm. When you bring 15 people, you get $1,500. So in the beginning, people may think, yes, that you. oh, wait, I'm getting let's say $500. But then at the same time, the company, the people who call themselves that uh, trading environment, they are taking a $125 for nothing off of you. You see where that most of the some amount of money is going and then how people are falling into that circle.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. This is actually, that's why I don't watch news. I don't talk to people. I don't take tips from people when it comes to trading. I do my own shit because I'm like, no, I, I don't want to. This is my thing. I'll see to it. I'll see. I'll use my knowledge and like, you know, build on that.
0: Hey.
1: as You said hey. you can't make money off other people's
0: knowledge. Right, hey. And then, you know, then obviously it was, it was heavily influencing people. Like they will have a few women post stories about it. Or maybe a few guys, you know, they'll <laughs> the fi- I I don't even know if I know this guy. It's and a big circle. Might- it's a big circle. Yeah, it's a big circle and of young people here, young people outside. But then again, really funny things you come across of and then it makes you laugh as somebody who's had experience. Like personally, I may have had like now three, four years learning about the markets or understanding them and with that experience and it becomes a matter to look at and then think about oh my god you know they may have started a week ago and they're already saying oh <laughs> look at the money i'm rolling in so that doesn't make sense you know in any general perspective absolutely but then again it's it's a fact of manipulation you know i can come around tomorrow and make a video and say oh look i just made you know x amount of money and you can pay me this amount and learn from me and then you can also make this much money and you can also be like this you yeah know?
2: i appreciate like, sell-
0: selling that dream selling that dream or that you know image of success is always i think going to be a very successful thing like yeah actually so that's it there. But okay, okay, talk. <laughs> I had this whole understanding and rant myself. That's why I went on it. But okay. <laughs> <maybe> it's <more. laughs> because it's irritating, you know, at least some person... Oh, really, absolutely. Putting so much time yourself and then seeing some kid who's learned it for a week acting like that, oh, yes, I'm promoting this scam, but then I'm also, you know, really successful. Like,
1: no, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I completely agree. It's It's a very cautious thing. You learn it. It's beautiful. But then just like, build on your own knowledge, I think.
0: Right, right, Now, okay. Now, getting from that, yeah. now, I would say moving back to talking about uh, how do you maintain that balance between your work, your studies, you know, your personal growth and your life. Like, you obviously then also do have a personal life. It's not like you don't have any personal life. Yeah. But then how do you maintain that balance between all of those things, you know? Uh, have you ever, have you been able to find that balance? What is your experience? Yeah, there?
1: I absolutely. Like, especially, like, I, I have my, uh, even during, like, the learn, I have my, so I have my person, my room is my personal office. So I work there and my work hours are very defined. Like, I don't work beyond that. And it only came with regular, persistent doing that. And I stick to my, like, plan and it initially, like, sometimes it would not happen or sometimes it's a very, it's a mental discipline kind of a thing. And when I'm not working, I don't use my phone. I don't do anything. I'm sitting with my family. And uh, if I'm talking, so basically, the only thing I've understood is be where you are 100%. If I'm there in my work, 100% great. That's done. Now I can move on to watching TV. If I'm watching that 100%, great. Now I can move to sitting with my family. I can move to doing my yoga. So I think that apart from work, I've put everything in my life that gives me a lot of joy and fun. I read or I'd watch my movies or I'd do some things. So my day is filled with all of these things. So I am constantly not about work and talking about it or brooding about it. And definitely, I think I have given one or one and a half hour every day to my personal thought and thoughts and emotions. Being in touch with them, doing my meditation, journaling, working on cleansing my emotions and thoughts. So I think that is something that brings automatic balance and your thoughts and emotions are so clear when you're not operating out of grief or anxiety or fear. It's not that I don't, on days I do. And then I sit and work on it rather than running away from it. So working on so much of that automatically starts bringing balance and peace of mind to you. So I think that's what I've been able to do for myself. Comes with regular practice. and but again, what, it back, know, again back. stops and you again start back. So it's like
0: that. Yeah. Nobody's what, what would your advice be? Like being somebody who's practicing it or trying it. What would your advice be to somebody who wants to start small, do every day. Right. Like
1: for three minutes today, I will close my eyes and sit. Start that small. But just hmm. do it every day. It's consistency and persistency. Both.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great way of putting it. Now, asking again, going back to your journey in mental health, a very very ni- uh, important question. I feel like, how did you start? Like, what got you into you know, the wanting to learn about mental health? What was your journey there? You <laughs> <feel like that? laughs> this is a good question. There is no
1: like there's no journey journey if you're looking for like a revelation i had one day about my own mental health nothing like that i been working
0: in an office and then you just broke free not that. at all not at all
1: there was no so when it comes to like my mental health professional journey there's no journey journey i wanted to become an rj and then really? I realized that uh, at that time, you know, uh, being an archer, things like that were not very conducive for like a woman or it would not give me that much amount of money. So a lot of things were there in my mind. There's nobody to guide me. So I was like, cool, mm-hmm. I'll become a physiotherapist. <laughs> then I was I like, cool, okay, not that. Then I'll become an acupunct. So I, I wanted to take science, but then I was like, oh, ho, physics, chemistry, I can't do. I love biology.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So then I was like, okay, cool. And I grew up watching a lot of thriller and horror movies.
2: Uh-huh. And and, that more of my experience.
1: Yeah. And I loved reading disorders as a kid in class 10th. So I started reading, I did that. And I was like, oh, great. I love, love this idea of being a psychologist. I think it's, it's good. I should do this. And that's it. I just took humanities in class 11, 12th. I did my psychology. I kept doing it. And right. I think that that was my journey. And later I realized that, oh, actually I'm in the field because I can relate a lot to people. I always had good public speaking skills, but also I can relate like how it can be to feel anxiety because I had, you know, a lot of, uh, fears of my exams. I, I, I had gone through a lot of those things that people go through. So I understood them. I, I could empathize well, which was a boon. And then I acquired a lot of skills.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I trained myself and then I learned how to work on my own thoughts and
0: emotions. Throughout, right. which, which, which is one journey. of the most important things. I feel you know, being very clear with yourself as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You can't be a professional mental health professional if you don't work on yourself every
0: day. Right, right. But then, okay. This is we get. This was your understanding of how you got into it, and there was no big, you know, oh, dramatic story behind it when Not you at had, all. <laughs> life changing experience. I
1: wanted to do something which nobody in my family has done. So that nobody can toko or give me too much salah <laughs> Right. Right.
0: So uh, opening up as an RJ is still an option. Like you've still got that, you know, natural Yeah, I,
1: I keep thinking of starting my own podcast and like all of these things because yeah. I, I completely agree. Now I can do it. So,
0: right after this you should like save this episode's recording and then use it as your first episode as well. I- <laughs>
1: I really think so. I do a lot of digital content on my page like I keep doing it and really? I put a lot of videos with a lot of organizations. so but yeah. I still think that yes, I can do it. I just lack
0: motivation now. <laughs> I hope this is this gives you that slight motivational push. Absolutely. But then uh, talking about uh, your advice to somebody who's you know maybe studying uh, psychology right now who's maybe wanting to help people or reach out to people. what would you? What would you advise to them? Would you tell them not to do it right now because you are not fully trained not to go out? What what is your advice to somebody who's wanting to, you know, be a part of be a part of the community who's helping people mentally at least right now? Yeah,
1: yeah. Spread awareness. Do what you're qualified for, technically. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Do what you're qualified and eligible for if you think that like you want to spread awareness, great. You think you should intern under somebody, learn some skills, great. You think you're already qualified and you have a certificate of practicing, great. Do that. You think that uh, now it's time to, you know, enhance your knowledge and skills like I keep doing for myself that, okay, now I'm stagnant. I need to move ahead and learn more. Do that and practice all those skills on yourself. Have your own journey so that you can relate to people. You can empathize better. And I think just do what you're
0: qualified for. And how about how about somebody who's maybe you know thinking about what to take you know uh, because I know a lot of uh, people <laughs> whose twelfth have just been cancelled like yesterday.
1: <laughs> Another
0: topic for beautiful podcast. I know, right? Like they just got their board exams cancelled. What a life! What a world they're living in. <laughs> I know. But uh, talking about that, if some uh, some kid or maybe an, a young adult who's wanting you to, to ne- take the next step, wh- mm. is this an advisable profession? What would be your advice to somebody who's stepping into it or, you know, just starting out from yeah, your experience? It's
1: amazing. Come. Great. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Just do like a lot of practical experiences, a lot of interning, talk to a lot of psychologists who are working. Be like, like. Eat our head, email them, DM them, do whatever. One is that second, put a lot and lot of uh, read everything other than psychology. Read like how people made plane, how Edison invented the bulb. It's because psychology lies outside the books. It lies in people. It lies in experiences. It lies everywhere other than in psychology books. So read a lot of other things also other than just psychology books because then that's why, where you will be able to apply and see
0: then according to you why do they have books if it's more of just the it's priority? all theoretic
1: it's all theory it is all theory about it is all past of psychology what what some psychologists said in the past what were their theories and they do apply but they don't 100% apply everywhere right and if you have to see where they apply go and read other things watch other movies see other people and see if it fits like th- that theory or not
0: Does that theory come into reality? Absolutely. So with that, Anandita, I would also like to ask you, what is it that you find yourself doing in your free time? You know, that downtime that you may have to yourself in the day, apart from meditating or, you know, keeping your thoughts. Okay. I
1: I doodle. I doodle a lot. I love painting, doodling. So I do that a lot. I Mm. would cook some amazing dish that I've been Thinking, I love making uh, Italian. I love making mughlai. So I would cook something, or I'd you would actually see me lying on my bed watching TV. I love watching TV with my mother. I just love it,
0: so I watch <laughs> a lot of TV. <laughs> and that the, is that where you get your knack for like these obscure Hindi songs, like you've never oh, heard of them. Then you oh, also th- hear from
1: I am. I I have all these songs. Bollywood is in my head. There is a separate section of Bollywood which gets withdrawn. So I think I'm 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 a huge Bollywood buff. So <laughs> like you have that.
0: the whole Tony Max schedule already registered in your head Absolutely. for
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> that's that's nice in itself That's really nice. But then okay. Uh, how would you say people could, you know, find you and reach out to you? Obviously you will be fi- we will be linking out your uh, page details and your personal oh. page or your or mind simplified. Uh, So how would people reach out to you? What is your
1: method of of contact? So people can contact me via my Instagram, which is mind underscore simplified. Mm -hmm. M-I-N-D underscore (laughs) S-I-M-P-L-E-F-I-E-D
0: simplified. Have you you got your pencils out? No, we this so, in the description of Spotify and yes, yes. And
2: uh, you can
1: email me at mindsimplified.official at the rate of gmail.com uh-huh. That's so,
0: my
1: email ID. And so, yeah, i respond within, okay. as I said, within 48 hours.
0: So <laughs> nice. And soon enough, I think we'll also be getting a mindsimplified, you know, com email address or dot in email. Oh, yeah, address yeah. yeah. You'd
1: be getting a mindsimplified.in dot in. Which I've already bought, and the website is under construction.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, and if so you deem-
1: if I understand your query, then I'd pass on my phone number to you also.
0: <laughs> That's great. And uh, would you also like to link your Aadhaar card to the podcast? You know, customary question we ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please link my Aadhaar card if I'm getting monetary benefits, my fourth
0: source of income. <laughs> yes, putting out your Aadhaar card to the podcast. But yeah. Yes. Uh- <laughs> Okay, so Anandita, I would like to thank you for joining us on today's episode, bringing in so much insight to mental health and the taboos around it and questions that people may surround and obviously, it's, you know, people who may want to enter the segment also and your journey within it. So once again, thank you for joining us. And thank, thank you, you so here.
1: much for inviting me. This has been so much fun on a Wednesday morning. So <laughs> when I'm actually not doing anything, sometimes I listen to Bluebo Podcast, Subtle mm-hmm. Promotions. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you
1: so much, and I'm so grateful and thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And to our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, you can check out bluebopodcast.com for well, I'm not going to say exclusive content because I'm still working on it, like I've said that from the past three episodes. But you are getting something soon. You know, snippets, I guess. <laughs> You'll get up like something or the other, but you're getting something soon enough. But you can check out the Bo podcast. If you want to bring your story on to the Blue, uh, Blue Bo podcast, share it with thousands of our listeners across what I think like five countries now. You can come here. You can fill out the form that is available on our Instagram, Bo podcast. Uh, com. you can reach out to us DM us and, or directly fill out the form and we will reach out to you and probably bring your story out to our listeners and apart from that you can also find us on GeoSavan, Savan Hotstar why am I saying Hotstar sorry I mean Ghana Geo. <laughs> <laughs> no not Hotstar you can find us on Ghana Geo Savan Apple Podcast well, Apple Music and seriously
2: yeah, we're there.
0: <laughs> okay. the, Blue, the Blue podcast is practically everywhere. Wherever you get your podcasts, be it Google Podcasts or anywhere, you will find us there. And if you're already listening to us, you know where we are. So <laughs> once again, thank you for tuning in. And bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.